What's up? You know what's up. It's nothing but the 90s part three. Yes, and as you can probably guess, it's nothing but the 90s part three, 90s R&B. And we're only talking about them black R&B artists, you know, the real rhythm and blues. But enough of me chatting. Let's get real. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? What's up? It's your girl, Just Be Real. And welcome back for another episode of Just Be Real Podcast here in our series in a podcast. Nothing but the 90s. We've been going strong. First episode, nothing but the 90s was pretty much straight 90s black sitcoms, which of course we love. They are staple. They're dear to our heart because we still watch them. Next episode we have was nothing but the 90s part two, which is all about 90s black movies. We have plenty of those. We still watch and BET sometimes runs to the ground. Okay. And now we are here to part tres. Yes. Nothing but the 90s part three, 90s R&B. And I feel like I don't need to say 90s black R&B because R&B literally says it within itself. Rhythm and blues. That's black folk. I mean, people adapt to be in our arena because rhythm and blues is literally our life song. So 90s R&B, and we are keeping it strictly black. And you know, 90s R&B was a craze because a lot of us, I'm sure, to this day still go ahead and go to our 90s playlist. 90s R&B is kind of where we're stuck in, just like our parents are stuck in probably the 50s and the 60s of their R&B. You feel me? And their soul. So y'all heard my good guy, Donnell Jones, one of the artists in 90s R&B. And y'all heard Left Eye, a blessing, uh, which her her presence is highly missed. But y'all know that collaboration was definitely one for the books, Okay. Um, Donnell Jones is one of the people who I feel like personally doesn't get enough of his shine and credit, um, when it comes to nineties R and B and we know he got hits and he been on the scene for a minute, but you know, it's crazy that I will always say is nineties R and B when it comes to nineties R and B, I personally feel like there is so much that doesn't get recognition and y'all thought I spent time on 90s black movies, baby. When it comes to music, if you know me personally or just can tell from my aura and demeanor, music is me. I am music. When it comes to music, anything music, I am always full force, full full throttle, engaged and ready to have a conversation, ready to debate, ready to do whatever, because I'm always with the shits when it comes to music. So these last two parts are very special and dear to me when it comes to the not nothing but the 90s, because R&B literally is something that I listen to on an everyday basis. But to kick it off and to finalize and close us out next week is going to be nothing but the 90s hip hop. And y'all know I am a hip hop head. So I wanted to say the best for last. I was going to make it as part three. And I'm like, nah, let the people wait for the greatness. Because y'all know hip hop is me. I am hip hop for real, especially progressive hip hop. I am a huge, huge uh, Queen Latifah and MC Light fan, a huge fan of Rhapsody. If you don't know, in my office, I have 24 by 36 posters, baby, it's real. Um, and yeah, I've seen the jacket I created, you know, hip hop femcees, please, the brat, Queen Latifah, MC Light, Moni Love, Missy Elliott, like, but we're going to get into that next week. But right now we're on this 90s R&B kick and Donnell Jones, I just felt like is, is a perfect epitome to 
kind of depict where I'm going to go down this road with 90s R&B. Because you know what's up. You know what's up. You know what's up because you know that 90s R&B is never going to go out of style. No matter how many generations come after us, they might not know a lot of the old school stuff. But 90s R&B is forever for us millennials. 90s R&B is never going anywhere. And as long as we're alive, we're going to forever keep it in rotation where they get their royalties and their checks because of us. I'm just saying, on some real. Um, so with 90s R&B, you have a lot of people, like I said, that don't get their credit. And y'all probably see me give y'all a little hint, a little, you know, hinty hint, hint, or spoke on this because you have people who... Where pioneers, like how you have pioneers in hip-hop for females and pioneers for hip-hop in general. But pioneers um, that is pretty much the reason why a lot of y'all favorite singers are able to be known and well-known. So to kick it off with the number one on my list, and again, this is my personal opinion. This is my thought process. My number one on 90s vital voices, because this is where I feel like I call it. I call it the 90s vital voices because these are the voices that you constantly heard on the radios, on TV shows. Because y'all know, again, crossover. A lot of R&B was crossed over into a lot of the black 90s sitcoms where they got some extra exposure. So we're going to start with my girl, Shanice. Shanice, Shanice. Shanice. Shanice Knox, who happens to be married to Flex Alexander, who happens to be one of the originals in On Our Own, which y'all know Flex has been in everything. One-on-one. -on -one, she sang the theme song for One-on-One, -on -one, her and B. Slade, who back in the day was known as Tony Tony uh, Tone. Uh, um, and Shanice has those vocals that are up there with Mariah, baby. Because her, Tamar, Mariah... That whistling thing they do when they hit them high, high notes. I'm not even about to play myself and try it. But them notes that they be doing where they whistled from the back of their throat. And it's just a melodic sound that just is like, what the hell? Shanice, okay? Shanice Knox, um, which was the formerly known as Shanice Wilson. We probably seen her, like I mentioned before, on nothing but the 90s uh, black TV, black sitcoms, where she literally did All For You, where her and um, Darius McCray, a.k.a. Eddie Winslow, performed it at a talent show. And I don't know if y'all know, but another 90s film a lot of people don't know about is Meteor Man, which I didn't mention, <coughs> excuse me, in the last episode. And in Meteor Man, Shanice has a feature on the track where if you ever see It's All For You is depicted around that movie. So if you go back and watch the videos on YouTube, honestly, truly, It's All For You is a top song of mine. Honestly, out of I Love Your Smile. I Love Your Smile is what everybody knows Shanice for. But It's All For You is my jam. And honestly, that's the one song that's not available on any social media platform. It might be now. I might have to go check. But It's All For You is my joint by Shanice. I don't know why it's not available. Or if it may be. Because I said the same thing about Timbaland and Magoo. And randomly I had the CD. And out of nowhere, here they come on Apple Music. So anything is possible at this point. But Shanice Wilson. Baby. 
vocals for days, vocals for days. And the crazy part about it is when I speak about these 90s R&B artists, a lot of their kids have developed their gift. Like Shanice's daughter, Imani, her voice, crazy. Imani looks like her father. She looks like Flex, but has the voice of Shanice, okay? And their son, Elijah, I think he raps, looks like Shanice, but has the voice of Flex. Like when I say it's a flip-flop, but they have beautiful children. Shanice is a classic. When I close my eyes, when I close my eyes, I break down and cry. And I want y'all to know I'm over here doing the sign language or trying to do the sign language because, baby, that video was iconic. Sis went ahead, took sign language. Do y'all hear me? Sign language. And made it part of her choreography in a video. And this was like an Afro-futuristic love vibe. She was on a horse. Y'all know I don't do horses. But it was the vibe of the whole, you know, whatever, like... And Baby Shanice album, I will listen to it front and back, no questions. So Yesterday is my junk, okay? Another one off that album. Like, I feel like she doesn't get the just do of what she's deserved because literally she's been out since 1984, okay? As B Slay, I don't know if y'all seen her unsung. Her unsung came out on August 7th of 2017, and I was so hyped. I don't know if y'all seen me talk about it, but... I was so hyped for her unsung only because I feel like Shanice was getting her just due on what she deserves in recognition of her being a pillar and pioneer in the R&B culture in the 90s, okay? When it comes to Shanice, without Shanice, like Beastly said, and I will stand by this a wholeheartedly, 100%. I don't care. Argue your mama. Argue your daddy. Argue, argue whoever you want to argue. Just don't argue with me, Okay. Shanice, without Shanice, you wouldn't have Monica, you wouldn't have Brandy, you wouldn't have Aaliyah if it wasn't for Shanice, okay? I said what I said when I said it. So the vocal Bible that I'll be talking about later that y'all love so much, Aaliyah, baby girl that everybody loves and truly misses, Monica, Gunica, whoever you want to call her, without that, without Shanice, there would be no them, Okay? And as someone so eloquently put it, she is like a female Michael Jackson. Gentle, sweet, soft-spoken. But baby, when that mouth opens, those vocals will give you chills, okay? Like, come on, she's a keyboard. And then her mother sings too. Huh, hello, her mother was a part of a group. And Shanice was literally one of those kids where... She was on a KFC commercial with legendary jazz vocalist Ella Fitzgerald. Did y'all hear what I just said? She was on the KFC commercial at nine years old with Ella Fitzgerald. And she even competed on Star Search at 11 years old. And that's how she got signed in 1984 at A&M Records. Okay, period. So like going from... A&M, she was even on Motown between like 1990, 1997, LaFace Records from 97 to 2000. Um, I think she had her own self-independent where she had Imaja, which is of course Imani and Elijah um, from like 2005 to now is kind of where um, she's at now. But like she's up there with the pillars of the pillars. And baby, when I say Shawnee sings down on some mini Ripperton loving you, 
and her three and a half octave vocal range. Like I said, that whole whistling thing that Minnie Ripperton does that. I ain't going to even sit here and try to play myself. That she, the only people I've ever seen do it flawlessly. Minnie Ripperton, of course, because it's her song. Shanice, Tamar, and Mariah Carey. And we're not going to talk about Ariana Grande because she's not a part of the culture. But you get where I'm going, okay? She, for me, doing my thing is another one where, like, was pretty much another classic of hers. If I Never Knew, a duet she did with John Cicada for the Disney soundtrack of Pocahontas. Um, She's covered If I Was Your Woman with Gladys Knight. Like, she's done some things, okay? But Family Matters is where I particularly remember her from. Um, where it was like a big thing for me. Um, when she did Diva Simply Singing is another thing where I think she did it with Niecy Nash and Frenchie Davis. Flex and Shanice was a show that I watched faithfully when they had it on OWN and that's why I kind of got a little more behind her life. Um, but it was even more dope when I feel like I said, when she went ahead and branched out and they, they gave her her... Her flowers just do in, um, I'm having a brain fart, y'all, in Unsung. There we go. And that is right there is, I mean, period. Like, So that's what we're going to start. We're going to start with Shani. So y'all give Shani her credit because when I close my eyes, I break down and cry. It's a little Okay, period. Okay. Oh, and did I also mention um Shanice was also selected to sing the theme song for theme song theme song for Sesame Street spinoff, Mecca Builders, alongside Eric Bellinger this year. Right. She's still prevalent. Don't sleep on my girl. Speaking of vocal Bibles, we know Brandy was that girl, okay? Is that girl, and forever will be that girl. Because, like I said, without Shanice, there would be no Brandy Norwood. But Brandy's been on the scene for a minute, too, child, okay? Brandy, outside of black sitcoms and B. Rocka, Brandy been doing her thing. You know, she is the brother of Ray J. You know, she has a little brother, Ray J. She also has her father, who is a vocal coach. So, the fact that she was born in Mississippi, Brandy got that full, uh, uh, that soul, that... That grit, that ugh in her voice. And we know she was the first ever black Cinderella we've ever known who paved the way for Kiki Palmer to be one on Broadway. So, you know, Brandy has has been, as everybody says, the vocal Bible. And I don't know whoever says that she's not. I don't know what the hell y'all been listening to, but the voice layering, the particular timbre, the intricate riffs, excuse me, is what entitles her for her distinctive sound as being one of the vocal pillars of the 90s, okay? As of 2020, Brandy has held over 40 million records. And I think as of recently, this just this last week, Brandy went diamond with her with her uh, accolades in her record sales. Baby, don't mess with Brandy, okay? And her being on Queens, flexing her muscle as a writer and a singer where she raps, get into it grammy awards american music awards like 
Like, she was on Atlantic Records at 93 and, like, released her debut album. Like, that was my thing. Because my... if it don't work for me, got to be moving on. That's one of my favorite songs on that, period. But, you know, she was like, I don't know what you did last summer. Like, Never Say Never is another one. But because we're in, you know, everybody knows The Boy Is Mine. That's a classic, like, the duet with Monica. Hello, contemporary R&B, important. But only because I know this is not 90s, but because we are in the year of its 20th anniversary, full moon. Can we, can we work it out? Can we talk it out? Okay, like, that whole album, golden. Um, Personally, honestly, truly, her her extensive of her resume is crazy, but like Brandy has always been, I feel personally, a pillar in the nineties, not just because of her greatness of her vocals, but her showing what it is to just be a child star growing up, but having morals and never going ahead and going against the grain to do, you know, demeanor demoralize your character. To just conform to what society wants you to be. You feel me? I feel like when her working with people like Diana Ross and Mahogany and like that kind of stuff is is major when she, I mean, not Mahogany, double platinum. And I'm only saying Mahogany because I'm over here thinking like Diana Ross. But like that was big. Like you're alongside greats like Whitney Houston, impossible. Things are happening every day. Okay? Tina Toner, share. Like, Brandy's list is extensive, but y'all gotta give Brandy her credit. Like, and then her daughter, Sarai. What? Sarai is her mother's mini-me. Not just by her face, but by her vocals. Like, let's talk about it. Sarai is out here making a name for herself, but baby, we know she got that gene from her mammy, okay? B7 is another one of my albums I love. A lot of people don't really rock with it, but I I, I rock with it. But Brandy's soulful voice is just, I don't know. But when she did a remake and appeared on the Optimistic Sounds of Blackness cover with August Green and Common and Robert Glass, I'm sorry, like, that touched me. Because you can, Brandy's voice is one of those voices that is once in a lifetime. Like, you know how Whitney was once in a lifetime, like, you'll never, ever get another Whitney. We will never, ever get another Brandy. Ever. Um, And I just feel like, her releasing B7, which I can't believe is about to be two years old because she released it during the pandemic, is her first album that was released after eight years and her seventh studio album. Seven albums in the span of how many? Over two decades. And to this day, you are still iconic and a pillar doing things most ain't never going to be able to do. So shout out to Brandy. Okay. Period. The boy is mine. The boy is mine. The boy is mine. The boy is mine. Another voice that I feel like doesn't get enough recognition, Tamia. 
Mm-hmm. I said it. When it comes to my tops, my top, my top two of 90s vocals, and um, when it comes, well, I have a top three. When it comes to my top three 90s vocalists that are pillars, like heavy, heavy, heavy hitters, Tamia, Shanice, and Deborah Cox, period. Don't fight with me. I don't care. And I'm going to stay, I said what I said when I said it. First of all, Tamia, Tamia Hill, you know, the one married to Grant Hill, you know, the same Grant Hill that used to date Jada Pinkett back when she was on A Different World. That's, you know, the sitcom we talked about like two episodes ago. Yeah. Tamia, period. I don't know who don't know. You put a move on my heart. Okay. Grammy nominating. Slow Jams was a nomination as well. New Day, A New Day is where she literally did a cover of Love Me in a Special Way by my favorite group. Yes, if you said The Barge, The Barge, and killed it. So Into You, I, listen, I'm going to give y'all the real facts. So Into You was originally Tamiya's song, so I never knew and understood what the hell he, like Fab was talking about when he said that was his song because Tamiya made that on her self-titled album that came out in 98. And legit, I still have the CD as well as the case because I was pressed to get that CD when she released. Um, and So Into You was her song. So Ashanti can never be able to touch Tamiya on a song that she created. Stranger in My House, Imagination, Into You, Missing You, Spend My Life With You. Come on. Y'all know these greats because Spend My Life With You, I don't know how many times that is a wedding song and people have that as a wedding, but baby, it, it's, it's factual, Okay factual period like and she is married to grant hill like come on grant freaking hill they married in 1999 and they have two daughters um and the fact that like she literally was born in canada like i just don't know i don't and she's been in presence of legends like luther vandross freaking quincy jones like, child, listen, don't even get me started, okay? Don't get me started. When it comes to, and like she appeared on sitcoms as well. Like when I say there was a crossover, there was a crossover. And this is like when I say like black collaboration meant a lot. And it was a lot of exposure because she reached really reached the top 20 of US Billboard hip hop artists, which ex explains why she would, of course, be one of the people that was on like children's shows like Keenan and Kel and like she got a Grammy nomination for best R&B female R&B vocal performance in the 39th ceremony like let's be honest like Tamia's voice period and can't wait is another song where we even have that two step like come on now Tamia is somebody where I feel like her vocal recognition isn't given because of course now Tamia is under the radar but baby, when she collaborated with Brandy, Gladys Knight, and Shaka Khan for Missing You and Set It Off, the movie we talked about the last episode, like, you see how a lot of this correlates and comes together. Like, the, 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 the inclusion when it came to artists in those days was crazy. TLC, I'm going to say, is a part of R&B. Only because majority of the singing, you did have Left Eye, as we stated before, who was the rapper. But like Chili, T-Boz, they were singers. And the fact that they were so influential because they promoted safe sex, they literally were bright. They did their own colors. They were in movies, i.e., you know, House Party 3. 
I just feel like TLC was one of those groups where it was just like, you had to love to hate them. Because like how Biggie was like, oh, never fuck the bitches that look like, well, no, that was from Escape, never mind. But they had their own style and their own flair and it gave you jubilance. It gave you excitement. And T-Boz's low register, to me, always like as a kid was refreshing because as y'all can hear, my voice is not on no high pitch, whatever. So her singing in such a low octave is what allowed me to just be like, well, damn, I can be sultry and sexy and have a, a, a low register voice and still be out here and do the damn thing, but still express myself, be fun, be creative and promote positivity in a way of enlightenment to let people know I'm here. So boys to men, come on now, boys to men, four point harmony, come on the quartet. I don't know what you can say about boys to men. Like, boys to men were literally that group out of Philly. Period. 1988 till now, like, even though it's just three of them, Nathan, Sean, and Wanye, you know, Michael left the group, which was the baritone, which I personally feel like he was essential because he did everything that was necessary. But again coming back to their kids Wanye Wan what is it Wan 5 Wan 4 which is like his sons that sing their vocals crazy but y'all know Boyz II Men was a part of the New Jack Swing era, New Jack Swing part as well like I'll make you love I'll make love to you one day Excuse me. One day, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Everybody knows that song. End of the road, like Motown, Philly. Those are the top five singles. And then like ninety one, following when it came to End of the Road, like set a new record on longevity, staying at number one on the Billboard Hot Hot one hundred for thirteen weeks. Thirteen freaking weeks, with a preceding break to record of sequences of I'll Make Love to You and One uh, One Night One Sweet Day with Mariah Carey for a fourteen and sixteen week set records of total number weeks of number one and as well as topping charts internationally on bended knee period like it, it don't get no better and billboard history with 50 accumulative weeks ranking they're six behind drake the beatles rihanna and elvis presley and mariah carey that to me is just mm, top top notch top freaking notch i, I just mm. Billboard magazine recognition, Grammy Awards, like, and it, it was dope to see because the humble beginnings were founded inspiration through New Edition. So I don't know if y'all know, but like New Edition was, I don't know, was it Ronnie and Ricky, I want to say? They found them and literally brought them in like when they did Will Smith and kind of got them their exposure because to them, they were like the singing version of new edition so that's kind of like how we came to that but cool high harmony that album was motown philly was also in uh what's the name class act i don't know if you remember class act class act is one of the black culture uh 90s black movies that's big as well as them you know being a part of creative performances like they're literally like legends, legends, like, and they won the Grammy for best R&B duo performance by a duo group with vocals. Enough said. On to the next. Jodeci. Now that's something I versus I would definitely want to see. But when it comes to hits, Jodeci was one of them. 
you know, love making because you had Casey and JoJo, the brothers, who eventually. I feel like at some point when you're in a group in R and B in the '90s, they you eventually branch out. Um, they're also known as the bad boys of R and B, which it kind of makes sense. Um, I never knew they were part of Charlotte, but Casey and JoJo. There were another R&B quartet, Devontae Swing, Mr. Dalvin, Casey, and JoJo. Devontae's ass was so sexy. Them eyes. Y'all ever seen Devontae Swing's eyes? Jesus. I'm just saying. But real names are Donald, Dalvin, Cedric, uh, Cedric, and Joel. So technically, you had two brothers and two brothers. They're two duels of brothers. Donnell and Dalvin were brothers, Cedric and Joel with the brothers, which is Devontae and Dalvin and Casey and JoJo, um, which was a different type of spec, but Forever My Lady, y'all know, and they even appeared on um, Martin with Forever Shanae, okay, period. Um, I think it's dope where they literally, a mainstream success brought them to top 100. Come and talk to me, everybody knows. That, that was kind of like a a big record for them. Um, and I just feel like with the early beginnings, I feel like a lot of 90s R&B artists, they start in the church. And them being Pentecostal, Pentecostal, they don't play about they singing, but they was raised to literally embody singing. Okay? When you have draw comparisons to Michael Jackson during the gospel career and like literally Prince and people are being mentioned in names with you in uh, rooms with names. You have Andre Harrell, which is somebody who agreed to like a demo to put them on the map. Andre Harrell, when it came to Uptown, was like the start of the start. And if y'all don't know, Uptown was the label that signed Mary J. Blige, Heavy D and the Boys, um, you know, um, Kate, the... Jodeci, like, there were big names under Uptown, and that's also where Diddy got his start. So, like, Andre Harrell was that man of the man. Like, you you couldn't do nothing. But the bad boys of R&B were definitely giving what needed to be gave. Monica, as we know, Gunica, we've seen that, that verses with Brandy and Monica. But Monica, to this day, I just feel like she's always elevated. Like, Monica, I should make a move, but I won't. I know you probably think something is wrong. But if I do, then it won't be right. I want to get down, not the first night. I still got that CD, too. Like, when I say I still have CDs, I still have a whole plethora of CDs. I will show y'all when I post this episode. And flip through the CDs that I have so y'all can literally see, like... How I literally have collections of CDs back when CDs were a thing when I had a Sony Walkman. I might share with y'all. I might not because I kind of don't want to tell my age. I'm already feeling freaking like I'm telling enough now being on this podcast. But it is what it is. But Monica has always been like, I don't know. Like, she's always been, we know she was in, you know, I, I will cross the ocean for you. I will go and bring you the moon. Don't take it personal before you walk out my life. Angel of mine, like everything to me, like like this and like that. Like she came on the scene heavy hit. And mind you, Monica and Brandy, they came on the scene real young. Like she was like 12 when she came on the scene. Monica's 41 now. She's been in this game for decades, okay? For decades. Um, She started her career in like 91. 
Greatest Love of All was like the first thing she performed and made Billboard 200. Like, so that's enough said. Monica is Monica. Like, what more can we say? And she's still out here producing music. This right here is one of my fave, all-time, all-time fave groups. But they are literally the embodiment of 90s R&B. In vogue. Period. Like, I just had to take a pause because the greatness and elegance of In Vogue is just, uh, the origins of what I'm talking about is 90s of like Terry Ellis, Dawn Robinson, Cindy Heron, and Maxine Jones. You know, we talked about them on the first episode of the sitcoms because, you know, they made a guest appearance. But given that they were literally just on The Masked Singer as Queen Cobra, it shows how prevalent and relevant they are today. I feel like they were, In Vogue to me was the 90s Supremes. Period. They're always like, don't let go. Like I said, that came from Set It Off. Topped at number two in the U.S. and became the sixth number one on the U.S. Um, US R&B charts. Okay. MTV Video Music Awards, Soul Train Awards, Grammy nominations, and still to this day, they're going strong. They, they uh, developed Rona. And she joined the group because, you know, of course, transitions happen. People leave groups. But for me, Dawn, Cindy, and Maxine will always be the top. And, you know, like I said, they sang the theme song for rock as well. Live your life today, not for tomorrow. Okay? Sing the theme song for Cooper. Hanging with my man, he's so, so cool. There's not one time you're not going to hear them. And they even did a collaboration with, um, what song was that? Who did they do a song with? I'm trying to think. But you even have people like Cody, uh, Cody Shane who's sampling their music. Um, you have, who was it? They did a, they recently did a collaboration and their vocals are so distinct. Um... And it's like one of those voices that you just can't ignore. I'm really sitting here stumped, y'all, trying to figure out who was it that they did a song with. Oh, Chance the Rapper. I got you. You got me. I don't care what people might say. I know. You know. Okay, their harmony is chef's kiss, period. Like, so there's not no way you don't know them. But this brings me to the queen, the queen, Janet Demita Joe Jackson. Okay, first of all, we don't even need to say much, but Janet Demita Joe Jackson. And at that, y'all already know the history of who Janet Jackson is. Okay, period. On the scene, since forever, was married to one of my faves, James DeBarge, at one point. You know, even though they annulled their marriage. But, like, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. I, I just, from her acting, as we said, the velvet, the velvet rope, okay? Even though she was put as a sex symbol, but, like, in 1991, Shorty was breaking, signed the first two record-breaking multi-million dollar contracts with Virgin Records. Multi-million dollar. Did y'all hear what I just said? 
multi-million dollars, okay? Being the 10th and the youngest child while she was literally breaking gender and racial barriers. Janet Jackson, to me, is not just going to ever be an icon just because of her vocals, but because of her being who she was breaking barriers. Like sometimes you need that woman who's so emancipated and in self and comfortable with self to do what she did because everybody's seen her as Penny from, you know, good times. And, you know, they seen her as such a child and a baby, but baby, when I comes to focus on social issues, except her reputation as a role model for you, Janice said, I don't give a damn. You're going to watch and you're not, you're going to be her. You're not. Okay. Together again is one of my faves. That's the way love goes. 24 play. Okay. 24 play. Rhythm Nation was like a classic in the 90s, but 24 play when it came out for design of the decade. That is my song. 24 play. 24 play. And then she did a song also with MC Line, Oh, You Want This? Period. Like, ugh. I personally feel like without Janet, there would be no Maya because she, Maya's the only one that did all the dancing and the, the extra and outlandish. Yep. Keith Sweat. Nobody. Which I probably didn't know that he, his baby mama is Lisa Wu. From Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes, Lisa Boo. That's his baby mama. But everybody knows Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat, it was part of LSG2 back when they had LSG before they disbanded. Keith Sweat is just one of those vocals where it's just like, I want to please you. I don't know where it was, but like with Keith Sweat, he had that nasally, but like, I don't know, soulful vibe to me. Like... Maybe it was just me, but he's been in the game years. He's been, he been out since 1975, okay? Period. But, like, New Jack Swing musical movement, he was definitely a part of that. Like, I want to make it last forever. Make it last forever and ever. Um, make you sweat, all of that. Like, And he also discovered Silk and Cut Close. If y'all know who Silk and Cut Close is, look up those another 90s groups that are very influential, period. But if you want to talk about, you know, doing the damn thing, Tony Michelle Braxton, pivotal 90s recognition, but on the scene since 89, but 90s is when she really flourished. And shout out to Anita Baker for passing up the song, Love Should Have Brought You Home for the uh, the movie, which allowed her to be able to... Uh, flourish um in reality like come on now love should have brought you home period love should have brought you home is what literally set the president for us to know who the hell tony braxton was okay you making me high i'm breaking my heart the heat baby face la reed LaFace records they did their thing debut self-titled album in 93 Reached number one on the Billboard 200 charts. So tell many co- 10 million copies were awry. Another sad love song, Breathe Again. Album brought her three Grammys, including a Grammy for Best New Artist. And we know, we know she can sing down, okay? We know she was married to Carrie, who at some point was a part of Mint Condition. I don't know if y'all know about them, but Mint Condition is one of my fave groups. That's another 90s group that can be touched. You send me swinging. Oh, you send me swinging. Okay, period. But we know the Braxton sing down. 
All of them. Rest in peace to Tracy. But baby, their harmonies, mm, you could tell they was raised in the church. Period. Period. Like, Tony's breakthrough was real. It was crazy because Good Life was their first single as a group, as the Braxtons. And y'all probably don't know. I want the good life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me the good life. Oh, oh. Okay, y'all don't know what Good Life is? Go look it up on YouTube. That was the first single that the Braxtons, literally all five of them, released together. And then, you know, Boomerang is where, again, what we talk about it. Everything comes, everything, like what I've always loved about black culture is everything intertwines. And y'all know Babyface is within himself, not just a producer as we've, we've recognized, but his vocals out of this world as well. Like, come on. Tony Braxton is certified eight time platinum in the USA. Eight time platinum. It was crazy. It was crazy. Babyface, I mean... We, we just pretty much talked about plenty of his artists, about his accolades, what he's been able to do. Like, I just, that man never ceases to amaze me. Never sees me to amaze me. The talent he's found over the years is just, and y'all know he created College Hill, right? Yeah, y'all probably didn't know that. He is the backer of College Hill. He created College Hill, okay? And Melvin and Kevin Kavan are his brothers. When I say Indiana's best, Indiana's best. He was in After Seven, where his brothers are part of too, because you know he has like five out of like he's like five there he has like six five brothers, and literally has twelve won twelve Grammys, twelve written and produced over twenty six number one R and B hits throughout his career, and still creating them, okay, writing producing, like. <sighs> He is one, like I said, founded TLC, Usher, Tony Braxton. And those are like his bread and butter. But like as yet, other groups like John B., which y'all know y'all love. Don't listen to you, what people. He wrote and produced I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston. I'll Make Love To You for Boy Cement, Under the Road. Like... The list goes off. Exhale, shoot for Whitney Houston, which was the number one hit in Waiting to Exhale. Did we not just talk about that? As well as making hits for Brandy and Mary J. Blige. Okay? His list, Johnny Gill, After Seven, The Whispers, Bobby Brown, Deal, Karen White, The Boys, Damien Dame, Tevin Campbell, Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, Aretha Franklin, Madonna, Janet Jackson, Faith Evans, Beyonce, Diana Ross, Sheena Edson, Tony Braxton, Michael Jackson, Michael Bolton, Paula Abdul, Eric Clapton, um, Tamia, Celine Dion, Samantha J, Backstreet Boys, Mar like Bruno Mars, Kelly Clarkson, Shantae Mar, In Vogue, Zendaya, Kenny G, Kristenia DeBarge, Lil Wayne, like, do y'all hear the names I just escaped? Casey and JoJo, Instinct, Jordan, Sp did y'all hear the names I just dropped? 
Ashanti, Kanye West. Enough said. We're just going to go on to the next. I, I just, I just, that man, that man. Luther Vandross didn't come out in the 90s, but he was big in the 90s. I will say that. He was very influential. Um, For me, I would have to say because backup vocalist is how he started. He got his breakthrough in the 80s, but the 90s is where I feel like he really got his, mm, his, uh, his, put some respect on my name, put some respect on my name. He produced, did y'all know that Luther Vandross sang background for Whitney Houston when Who Do You Love appeared on her album on I'm Your Baby Tonight? Yeah, go do your research. But The Power of Love, that's how he won his first Grammy as the best male R&B vocal artist in 1991. That's why I say like 1990 is where, the 90s is when I feel like he's really pivotal, pivotal in the, as a pinnacle in the 90s because he won his second best male R&B vocal in the Grammys in 92 and The Power of Love, Love Power and then won the Grammy for best R&B song in the same year. Like, come on. Two years, back to back, three Grammys. Then The Best Things in Life are Free when he did a duet with Janet Jackson for the movie More Money. And also did a brief non-speaking role on the in the movie, like I said, Meteor Man, which Shanice, like I said, everything ties together. Where he was one of the gold, uh, what is it, Golden Lords or whatever, whatever they call themselves. But like he hit top ten again when he teamed up with Mariah Carey to cover Lionel Richie's version of Endless Love. Okay, period. He had his greatest hits album released in ninety seven, compiled the most nineties hits, which makes freaking sense. But like he signed to J Records, his first album was on Clive Davis and entitled Luther Vandross. But like that within itself iconic and then send the star spangled banner at the super bowl in the louisiana superdome him and whitney two of them that are most memorable period jane was a group that i don't feel like people really got a chance to understand but jane we all sending my love to you praying that you were home singing that you would be winning Sending my love. Okay. Y'all know John ain't special to me because they were signed to what? Queen Latifah's Flavor Unit Collective. Yes, they were an R&B group signed by Queen Latifah. Best known for their duo in 1993 for Hey Mr. DJ, which everybody knows, which reached number six on the Billboard 100, as well as Groove Thing, which reached number 17. And it's a groove thing. But like Sending My Love was released in 94. And them being a part of the Flavor Unit was definitely something that was major um they met and paired up with J jazzy jeff and ring my bell was one of the same album where jazzy jeff and fresh prince hit popular for summertime so like the breakthrough was real for them um they were part of high learning a lowdown dirty shame something we spoke about they had tracks with buster rhymes de la soul you know naughty by nature the list goes on but Think about it. If you are attached to Queen Latifah, anything that's Jersey, Naughty by Nature is nothing that comes to a surprise to me. Queen Latifah, like we said, is a pioneer in hip hop, which we'll just talk about that and get more into it later down the line when we talk about 90s hip hop. And it's just like Jane had hits where to this day you jam to. Michael Jackson. You can't talk. There's the Jacksons and then there's Michael and Janet, as my uh, gonkle Lonnie would say. So Michael Jackson, everybody knows, has always, he is like the king of pop period there's no nothing nothing more to say to it but over a four decade career like come on now since childhood to now like you were married to lisa marie presley 
at a point in time in your life. Like, let's keep it a buck. He came on the scene at a young age in 64, but I just feel like in the 90s, he was giving us them hits. He was hitting us, like, unapologetically banging us with bangers. Um, I'm just saying, working with Teddy Riley, Black and White, was the first single in the 90s that was released. And remember the time? Do you remember? Come on now. That video was crazy. And Black and White was, I feel necessary as i said while his 90s was where he was hitting us with bangers because we legit black and white was something at a time where you had the racial divide especially when it came to first of all the time of apartheid leaving but him going through the transition of him being who he was as him bleaching his skin or as they said it was vitiligo listen i'm on my business not my i can't speak on rich people problems hello but that's also in march of 1991 is when he renewed his contract with sony for $65 million, okay? Which is equivalent to $129,317,127 today. A record-breaking deal beating Neil Diamond's renewal contract with Columbia Records. What? And this is at this time where he made his eighth album, Dangerous, that was co-produced by Teddy Riley. Which gave him eight times platinum in the U.S. and sold 32 million copies worldwide. I mean, Soul Train Awards, nonstop. This is where he also did his, you know, philanthropy with, you know, Heal the World Foundation. He also sold broadcast rights to the tour for HBO for $20 million, breaking a record-breaking deal that still stands to this day for the Dangerous World Tour. Like, he sang at the inaugural administration for Bill Clinton's gala. Like the 90s were it. Billie Jean, heal the world. Like, come on. This is when he even showed up on Oprah in 93. Like, I, I just can't. I just, mm. I just, I just don't have words. But we're gonna, we're gonna leave that. We're gonna, mm. We're just going to leave it where it's at. But in reality, Michael Jackson, I, I mean, outside of all the craziness, I just, mm, just king of pop. I, 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 mm. Like I said, there's the Jacksons and then there's Michael and Janet. So, that brings me to my next shoot group that doesn't get enough rec recognition, but their acapella will forever be remembered. Shy, okay? Or is it Shay? No, Shy. Shy is... Shy is one of those groups. And if I ever fall in love again, I will be sure that the lady is a friend. <coughs> Excuse me. Everybody knows that. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. As soon as y'all hear that part, y'all already know what it's giving. Straight out of Washington, D.C., hit the scene in the 90s, most popular quartet as well in R&B, was met and formed at Howard University, HBCU, period. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
excuse me, and if I ever hit and reach number two on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, okay? There's not that much, but there's enough where it debuted in a self-time album where two releases of the Platinum, Comforter, and Baby I'm Yours was definite. Baby, I'm yours if you want me. Definitely iconic group. Enough said. Faith Evans, we know, is that girl. Faith Evans is that girl, is our girl. <coughs> Excuse me. And Faith is still prevalent to this day. Like, there's no way to not say bad boy and not talk about the first lady of bad boy. So when Diddy branched off from Uptown and created his own, she's been in the scene since 94. Period. So you everybody knows her through Biggie, but like, she was a background vocalist for I'll Be Sure, and Christopher Williams became the first female artist to contract with, with Biggie. Like, she was background vocalist for Christopher and I'll Be Sure, period. Like, Faith came on the scene as the first lady of R&B, but she was topping on R&B hip-hop charts. There's not, you're not going to tell me there's not at least five songs right now that y'all can name that y'all don't know that's from... Faith Evans. Like I said, I'll Be Missing You is where she collaborated and that won a Grammy in 1998. Evans also co-wrote and screen debuted on the musical drama Turn It Up. So like I'm saying, she's out here still doing the thing, but I know her for R&B Divas. Like she brought R&B Divas to the light for me um, where Selena Johnson, where I got re reintroduced to Selena Johnson and a lot of uh, hit makers like Monifa, which was a part of Uptown as well. She was founded by um, Happy Diddy and the boys like, It's been too long since you've been gone. Feels good when I'm with you. I miss you. Come back home. Okay? And she's had collaborations with, like, East Coast. She was part of the East Coast-West Coast rivalry, but, like, her and Missy have created some bangers, like, Heartbreak Hotel, like, all I really wanted was some of your time and say it's only less Come on now. You did a collaboration with Whitney Houston and Kelly Price? Period. So there's that. We're just not even going to talk no more about that. Pillar, still going, still going strong, still going along, and that's it. Since we spoke about Monifa, because they were, what can I say, co-hosts and their actual friends in real life, 97, you know, is when she came out on the 95 is when she came out on the scene. But like R&B uh, Divas Atlanta is kind of like where we got the reintroduction of her. Never knew she had a, a drug problem until R&B Divas. But Miss You Come Back Home and You and Touch It. Do you really want to touch it? Do you really want to touch it? Ooh. All of that, right? So like, period, Monifa might not have had a, an extensive career. But we're going to put some respect on Monifa name. Which brings me to the king of 90s R&B. I don't care what nobody says. This man has made staples in not just music, but again, crossover and TV. Because in the, a goofy movie, he was it. But Tevin Campbell, y'all was just doing his whole little, the Tevin Campbell, whatever, um, where he collaborated with Quincy Jones you know, tell me what you want to do. Pick the number six, top, you know, 100, Alone With You, produced by I'll Be Sure, with background vocals of Casey and JoJo. <sighs> Come on now. Like, can we talk? I was just doing this stupid-ass challenge a year ago. Pick that number nine off the I'm Ready 
pinned by a baby face. Here comes this man again. And New Jack Swing era, there's not a time you're not going to tell me that y'all don't know this man. He made a guest appearance on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as Ashley's old boo. He had a Grammy nominations for Here and Now. Um, he won Grammy for Album of the Year in 91. Like, Tevin Campbell is that dude. Like, he was when he did a goofy movie, that was it. I, like, let me tell y'all. Tevin Campbell, if y'all don't know, okay, he, first of all, and he was also on Queen Sugar. I don't know if y'all seen that, but Tevin Campbell is an Altino. I don't know if y'all know what an Altino is, but I'm going to tell you what an Altino. An Altino is, he is an Altino quarter tenor. Okay, he's an Altino countertenor, which means he possesses a four and a half octave vocal range. I'm sorry, did y'all hear me? A four and a half octave vocal range. His vocal spans from E2 to D6 in his song. Tell me what you want me to do. Okay, Tevin Campbell, period. Like, I don't know if y'all understand how vital that is. Okay. That Tevin Campbell has a four and a half octave vocal range. That means he can sing alter, tenor, soprano, all of that. Whoo, child. I, I just, I can't. I, I. Child, and I don't know why people were so concerned about this man's sexuality. Why everybody be so concerned about people's sexualities? And who they loving on and fucking on ain't your business. But again, that man can sing, period. We just not even going. Jade was a group where I feel like made some hits and uh, kind of dipped off. Like, they made a hit. But y'all gonna put some respect on their name. Joy, D, and Tanya did what needed to be done. Again, part of the new Jack Swing, R&B, hip-hop, soul era. Um, I Want to Love You was a song that they had, but they were in Kid and Play's class act, and there was a lot going on, but I feel like they never got the truth. But Don't Walk Away, y'all know that. Don't walk away, boy, period. Okay. Don't Walk Away was their biggest hit and climbed to number two in 93 and got certified gold. They sold 1.5 million copies off that. They even appeared on the Arsenio Hall Tonight Show. But they also had music productions done by Trina and Tamara and Tony, Tony, Tony. Vibe, Eric Benet. I just, that's it. And on to the next. A 914 wonder and hit to this day. That outside of Whitney Houston is doing the damn thing where she alone has been dubbed the queen of hip-hop soul. Okay? Period. Mary J. Blige. 914. Yonkers. Slow Bomb's Finest. 
What's the 411 hit the scene in 1991? And when I say she's the queen of hip-hop soul, because Mary took what was soul and made hip-hop and started singing R&B over hip-hop tracks. Period. Okay? Um, Rolling Stone's greatest 500 albums of all time, My Life, literally has made a hit every decade she's been on the fucking scene. Okay, since 1988, there hasn't been that one hit. She just released Good Morning Gorgeous and Enough. Why is it so typical to let it go? Talk away from physical, forget the love. You know the what you got at home. You turned wrong not to fight for it. Mary, period. Power Book 2 is Ghost is Monet. Come on, prison song, rock of ages. Like, her voice is crazy, okay? Her accolades, there's not been literally a song where she ain't went ahead and busted through. We know she used to date one of the members from Casey and JoJo, period. Um, But in reality, that's not one for his best, of the best, okay? 914, when I say she put on for 914, she put on for the 914, Okay? And that's the end of that. And I am so grateful that she was found because Uptown began working with her. And that's with Andre Harrell. And it's just like she earned Soul Train Awards within the first two years on the scene for R&B, you know, best R&B album, R&B artist. So 3.3 million copies. 3.3 million copies. Like, I just... We're not even... It's just Mary J. Blige. That's it. That's it. I'm not even going to say nothing else. Destiny Child. Yeah, I was a Destiny Child head. Big Destiny Child head. Destiny Child DC4 before it was DC3. Back when they were girls time. That's how that's how that's how deep I know Star Search whatever. Y'all already know Destiny's Child. Bills bills bills. Writings on the wall. Like writings on the wall will forever be a Destiny Child classic. Um but point blank to the period, end of the day, girls' time is what they were, but Destiny Child's what they became to be. And Latoya, Latavia, uh, Beyonce and Kelly did what needed to be done. Um, that four-point harmony was always going to be on point. It's tight. It's clean. And Matthew Knowles might not be great at all things, but he was great at finding talent, period. Usher was a young boy coming up and literally he's grown to love, but he's definitely one of the pillars for like teenagers when it comes to nineties R and B, because he's still prevalent to this day and his vocals, because his voice was changing at the time. Um, it was, it was like, we literally watched him grow. Fuji's are another group. You got genuine who of course made some hits next, but Maya, Maya. Okay. Maya did her damn thing in the 90s, and the people sleep on my girl. The people sleep on my girl, and I'm not okay with that. DC born and raised, Maya Marie is like, first of all, y'all probably don't even know, but she began her, her career as a, as a VJ and dance posse member on Teen Summit on BET, right? Early humble beginnings, but wasn't signed until '96 to Interscope Records. Ghetto superstar, we all know. Take me there when she did it for the, you know, 
the Rugrats, Case of the X, Free, like her list goes on. She won her first Grammy though, not until 2002 for Best Pop Collaboration because of Lady Marmalade. We know about that too. But now that she's independent, like y'all don't put enough respect on Maya's name and I don't get me wrong. Like y'all be, Aaliyah was a girl, was that girl, but Maya was that girl. The albums falling like in the, and she's still prevalent to this day, busting out records acting her ass off, like, in movies, like, come on now, and it's Maya, like, period, that's it, like, Soul Train Robin nominations, NAACP nominations, like, she's worked with Back, Blackstreet, Blinkity Blink, and Mace, Take for Take Me There, Old Dirty Bastard, come on now, Grammy Award nomination for best rap performance in duo group. She even messed, like, come on, her and, and Jay-Z. Like, I'm done. That's the end of that. Speaking of those who whistle through their throat, Mariah Carey, we know what she gives, baby. Mariah, Mariah gives, honey. Mariah gives, okay? Has been giving, will continue to give, Literally is a producer, writer, songbird supreme is what she is, okay? And when I say sis collects those royalty checks, she collects those royalty checks, period. Been on the scene since 1988, and all I want for Christmas fantasy, always be your baby. I mean, you even have people like Mulatto over here sampling her stuff for Big Dick Energy. Come on now. That's all fantasy. Like, let's be honest. She was the artist of the decade in the 90s. Enough said. We're not even going to go no further. Artist of the decade. Brownstone doesn't get enough recognition, I feel, because Brownstone was founded by Michael Jackson. Okay? The one and only group ever female group founded by Michael Jackson. Okay? Contemporary R&B, mid-90s, If You Love Me, was a bop. We still did. Grapevine, best performance, Grammy Award, nominated for that. Um... But when I say Michael Jackson is what founded them, you have Nikki Gilbert, Maxine, and Mimi, mm, founded in Los Angeles, signed to Michael Jackson's MJJ music record label. The only female group ever signed. They did some of the soundtrack for the Players Club. Um, again, everything intertwined. They don't get enough credit. They don't. And the fact that they were signed by Michael Jackson... I mean, how much more can you go into that? <sighs> Deborah Cox. Nobody's supposed to be here. Deborah Cox. Deborah Cox. First of all, her songs are a, a jam when it comes to the community. And if when I say the community, I mean LGBTQ community. Because, baby, she's been out since 1987. But nobody's supposed to be here. Certified platinum in the U.S. Okay, became her most successful on the Billboard 100, peaking at number two, remaining for eight consecutive weeks. Like, I don't know what more you want. One Wish, self titled album, like, she started off as a professional vocal background um, for Celine Dion. Okay, signed by Arista Records by Clive Davis. Everybody knows Clive makes hits. Okay, and has been acting and doing the damn freaking thing. Okay, 
When I say she's worked with production of Dallas Austin, Keith Crouch, Tim and Bob, and Babyface, there's no reason why. That's why 95, her debut album, did what needed to be done. Okay? She was even featured on the soundtrack for Money Talks. Dance remix of their song is what still get played. But when she's worked with Dark Child, DJ Quick, Crawford, those are people she's associated with, and Montel Jordan... It gets no better than that. So put some respect on Deborah's name because if you don't, I will. Okay. Jagged Edge was a group that I feel people forget until it came time to remember. Um, Jagged Edge. Y'all know all about where the party at. Let's get married. So so deaf, because y'all know there was part of Jermaine Dupree, so so deaf. Um, where the party at, let's get married. 95 been on the scene, came came through swinging. With Jagged Edge, the J.E. Heartbreak. Brian Casey, Brandon Casey, Richard Wingo, and Kyle Norman. They don't get enough credit. And their aesthetic in general was dope. Um, Jagged Era in 97 when it was released. It was topped at 10 for the Billboard 200. I mean, I don't know what more you want me to say. Like, Jagged Edge. We know this man... Gave us what needed to be gave and still does. Maxwell. Maxwell is. Maxwell is just Maxwell. A woman's word. A woman's word. Period. The central. The sensual soul. That is given. Is crazy. Okay. Songwriter, record producer, multi-instrumentalist, D'Angelo, Erica Badu, Neo Soul Movement is what he created, but R&B is where he started, baby. Okay. Straight out of Brooklyn. Okay. Been on the scene since 1990. Born to a Haitian mother and Puerto Rican father. What a hell of a mix. But like the keyboard... And his soul that is put into the, his bohemian style as well as like his his urban flair, like something, something, baby. Top R&B hip hop albums on the 100 on as of April 20th, 1996 is when it debuted at 38. Neo Soul was the movement he created because he put himself in his own genre. But be imagined that you're so fucking great that R&B is just not enough. And that's Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen. SWV, y'all know I have a thing for Sisters with Voices um, because I'm biased. Um, I don't know if y'all know, but one of my cousins used to date Taj back in the day. He's actually in one of their videos, music videos. I don't remember which one, but he's laying on the massage table. So whichever one is the one with him laying on the massage table, that's my big-headed cousin. Okay. Um, SWV, Sisters with Voices, Taj, Coco, and Lily, straight out of New York. Hometown Heroes. 1988, they came on the scene, and they're still prevalent to this day. Still over here, 25 million records worldwide. Best-selling girl group of all time. One of the best-selling girl groups of all time outside of the Supremes. We know Week. We know right here. I'm so into. You're the one. Like, they had hits. They had an early life and break, period. Like, once they got their demo together, that was it. And they caught the eyes of records execs in 91 to be invited to sing at RNC Executives Lives was signed on an eight-album record deal. Off the rim. They were in Above the Rim, okay, 
Black Streets Top 100 Tonight's the Night. Featured samples of Michael Jackson on Human Nature. And honestly, you want to know what I found out that I didn't know thanks to Lili is that he offered for them to just sample that. He didn't even charge them for it. Right. Period. Number one on R&B charts. Period. Was weak. Multi-platinum by RIAA for 2 million copies shipped in stores back in 92. And they're still out here giving us the works. And that leaves me with my last part of nothing but the 90s R&B with Escape. Founded under So So Deaf, even though they've probably disbanded somewhat, but um, So So Deaf came in Candy, Tiny, Tasha, and Tamara, which we didn't know, but Tamika, but Tamara was not officially part of the group. She got kicked out. Um, Candy, as we know, was flourishing, doing her own damn thing. Tasha was on Real Housewives. But when they came on the scene in 91... I feel like Jermaine knew what the f- he was doing with that one, okay? A quartet is my living in vain. That's what they, that's what they always use that. Like, they were on Apollo doing that. No, of course not. It's not all in vain. That four-part harmony part? Because uh, up the road, okay? Humming coming at you was my shit. Um, two of their biggest heads, just kicking it and understanding. What I need from you is understanding. The album was certified platinum on February 1st, 1994, and Escape has sold more than 7 million records worldwide. They released a second album off the hook in 95 with certified platinum on November 16th, 1995 with Feel So Good and Who Can I Run To, okay? They're both for certified gold in the U.S. And the third and final album, Chasing My List Lipstick, was released in 1998 with The Arms of the Ones You Love, which certified on May 14th, 1998. The album was certified platinum on June 21st, 1999 in the United States. Even though they disbanded in 1998 to pursue solo projects, they reformed in 2017, and they're still back to this day. So, I mean, what more can we say? What more can we really say? Nothing but the 90s R&B. I know I probably missed some people, and if y'all feel like I did, come holler at me, but those are what I feel made my 90s. There's that. So that's nothing but the 90s part trace. 90s R&B. I'm your girl, Jess Be Real. Thanks for kicking with me again. And we're going to end this off next week. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And as I always tell y'all, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Peace.